Hello! And welcome to the Maddest Touching. This is Charlie Brown. <laughs> and I am Chris Tuesday. Welcome back to the Midas Touches episode 5. Last week saw some of the most outrageously successful tipping this podcast and the world has ever seen. Charlie ended up £126 up from his £10 level stakes for his six selections, which was genuinely unbelievable. For those of you who follow us on Instagram, you will have seen me get dunked in icy cold water as my punishment for losing the competition. So that's enough about last week. Looking ahead to this week, we're joined by ex-professional cricket player, venture capitalist, professional cricket punter, and general nice guy, Al Russell, is joining us on the podcast later. We're also going to be looking at Five races across the cards from Ascot and Haydock on Saturday afternoon. We'll be covering three grade twos, a grade one at Haydock, the Betfair chase, and a class two handicap chase in which both me and Charlie agree on the same horse. Right, let's get on with the first race. The 205 at Ascot, the Chanel Farmer. 1965 chase a grade two over two miles and five furlongs currently dashel drasher heads the market at 10 to 3 Daffy de soy is back at four to one espoir de rome at six to one for kim bailey master tommy tucker who tom curry unsuccessfully tipped on week two is at six to one itchy feet 13 to two lost in translation down in trip at 13 to two Sepage 11 to 1, Benny's King 12s alongside Franco de Paul, and their 16 to 1 bar that Tiger Roll is at the foot of the market at 33 to 1. The two time Grand National Champion. What a race! How do you see this one playing out, Charlie? Yeah, thanks, Tris. So I'm a bit upset, firstly, to see Master Tommy Tucker back. You may, you may not remember, but I also tipped him uh, <coughs> on that show. So. Uh, I don't have such a good feeling towards him. You're not tipping him this week? I won't be tipping him this week. And if he wins, I'll be really upset at 205 or two, 10 past two on, on Saturday. Uh, so don't talk to me then. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put up itchy feet. Uh, I had a little look at this race uh, while I was at work. Sorry, work. And I... Basically, so the first thing I would say is uh, the trainer, Ollie Murphy, is in red-hot form at the moment. Got a 32% strike rate last 14 days. Uh, in fact, our very own Tris Juicer pointed that out the other day on his Twitter uh, and got a like from Ollie Murphy himself. So that's quite cool. Shout out to Ollie there. Shout out to Tris's Insta- uh, Twitter too. Tris, what's your handle? Uh, at Tristan Juicer. Yeah. It's, it's a great follow. It's very much worth following. Most of it, the content's actually him just replying to his own It's tweet. good. It's, it's, it's good stuff. I'll support my own Twitter here. You've got quite a few followers. So. Yeah, I've recently um, recently paid for 500 followers for £10 just to see if it worked. And it did. 
But annoyingly, none of these, they're all bots, so they don't actually engage with any of my content. So I am literally just talking to myself on Twitter. So if you guys have Twitter and you're looking to follow someone, why not follow me? Nice. Uh, yeah, so back, back to the actual <laughs> the horse himself. Uh, the bit of form I'm really interested in is that last time out performance at Aintree. Uh, which was in between All Mankind, who finished first, uh, and none other than Midnight Shadow, who finished third. I thought you might bring this up. Yes. Well, it's unsurprising, considering how well that tip went last week. Uh, last week so, Don't um, brag. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll let it go. It's a new week. You can brag as much week. as you like, mate. Um, yes. So, obviously, Midnight Shadow has gone out and won since that Paddy Power Gold Cup chase, which is a great run. Uh, in that race as well, and, that and I, Protectorat came second, right? And Protectorat yes, correct. won a Grade One last year, so that that form literally could not be. Stronger. Oh, it's it's rock solid. It's yeah. it's rock solid. Um, from that entry race, Nutswell had already won this this season, uh, and he was back in fifth that day. So that that form's actually really strong, uh, and I think Itchy Feet can probably go uh, boost that further. Um, his joint top RPRs. Um, of 160 have both come uh, here at Ascot. Uh, the other being at Sandown when beating Midnight Shadow actually in a grade one there. So that all ties in pretty nicely. Uh, and I think it's a suitable distance for him too. That entry race last time uh, was over two miles and four furlongs. Um, and I think it gave the impression that this extra furlong here would see him to best effect uh and then the final point to note uh would be that the relatively dry ground would not be a problem for him whereas i fear that for a few other principals in the market they may be hoping for the rain to come which doesn't look likely to do yeah i think you basically sound like everything i was going to say i i also am really keen on itchy feet here uh for all of the reasons that charlie is the other two that I think are quite interesting in the race are the Willie Mullins trained Franco de Port, uh, who took the Racing Post Novice Chase back in December 2020. It's a grade one out in Ireland just after Christmas. Interestingly, Willie Mullins is six from 24 when sending jumpers to Ascot. You'll be happy to hear that he's got a higher strike rate when sending his uh, socks and pants to Ascot. Sorry, I probably didn't need to include that. Needless to say, his string are fairly shrewd when it comes to, to sending their jumpers over here. Um, so that one's definitely of interest. And then the other one, Espoir de Rome, who actually fell at Aintree when in a really commanding position um, in the grade one at the end of the season for, for novices, which ultimately was won by Chantry House. Chamblou, who also fell at the start of this season when looking like he was going to win by absolutely miles, um, was back in uh, second on that day by about 30 lengths. So that's clearly, even though he fell, good form. Um, Kim Bailey, the trainer of that horse, also trained Imperial Aura, who won the race last year. Uh, and Espada Rome has taken exactly the same starting route with that listed race at Carlisle, although he did finish third, whereas Imperial Aura did win. But yeah, for me, I agree with you, Charlie. It's itchy feet for me. And um, hopefully that gets us off to a to a nice start with a with a well-priced winner. The one concern is, you guys will be listening to this just before declarations are out. He is still entered in another race on the card over at Haydock, um, where he's currently four to one. 
I think he'd have a really good chance in both races. Um, in the other race, you've got Brave's Man, Brave Man's game for Paul Nichols, who is uh, leading the market at the moment. But I still think, for me, Itchy Feet would also be a bet if he turned up there. That's the 150 at Haydock. We're not covering that directly in the podcast. But but yeah, Itchy Feet's going to have a, a good chance wherever he goes. Um, so definitely worth following. That's the 205 covered. Let's move on to the 225 at Haydock. Righty, the 225 at Haydock, the Betfair Exchange, Stairs Hurdle, Stairs Handicap Hurdle, grade three, 56 grand on offer for the winner. Just going through the market, we've got right place, right time for Emmett Mullins, five to one. Riggs, 11 to two for Dan Skelton. Orbeez Legend, seven to one. Base Rock or Bass Rock, as the commentator called it the other day, eights. Maze Runner for Willie Mullins at nines. Flight Deck and Stony Mountain, tens. Did they leave you out too for Nick Gifford at 12s? Brinkley 14s alongside Don Levant and Dr. Duffy. And then If the Cat Fits, uh, also at that same price in 16 to 1. Bar that. Um, Charlie's requested that I go first in this one, which I'm more than happy to do. I think this is going to be a, a really good race. I'm really excited about it. I'm hoping that it's going to be, that we're going to have as, as full a field, um, as close to that 17 as possible. However, lots of these hold um, multiple entries this weekend. So, you know, picking the winner, it's as much about choosing the winner as it is actually just choosing one that's going to turn up on Saturday in this. Um, I do like a few. Ask Dylan, I tipped up in the first po- first podcast, ran a stinker on that day, um, but was fourth in, in this last year. And Fuggle O'Brien's got his new claiming, man on. Uh, so that could work out well for them. Bass Rock is one on the up, as is Flight Deck. But the one I like, I want some proven form here. And I think I get that in the form of Stony Mountain. That's not the one you back, is it? No. <laughs> um, Stony Mountain won this race back in 2019. No horse has won it twice in the last 10 years. Good start. Um, which is a good start. But... He has returned this season in similar fettle to when they won the race on that year. Reappearance run at Newbury. He won, impressively beating Did They Leave You Out too? who reapposes here. And the improving Philip Hobbs trained one for you. He's got the form in the book. He's won over course and distance, which I think is going to be really, really important here because it's stamina is going to come to the fore. It's a three-mile hurdle. And um, the ground's going to be in his favour. It's not often that we come to November and you've got sort of good, good soft ground. And Stony Mountain's one who who has done it here in this race before. And he's only four pounds higher than when he won that race um, back in 2019. So for me, I think at 10 to 1, that's a great bet for... Um, for Jamie Snowden and Gavin Sheehan. That's really annoying though, because I kind of thought you might tip up R. Stillen again. Is that who you're tipping up? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh God, if that wins. Mate, I, I, sorry, I really think this horse, so I actually, initially I was like, just leave me out of this race, is 19 runners, a lot of up and comers, unproven horses. I can't, I can't pick it. And then I looked down, like way down the market, I saw R. Stillen, who, as you mentioned, ran the other day and you tipped him up. Uh, and that was a pretty hot race, that. that Was a, was that a grade two? 
Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, obviously, a better company than than he's in here. Um, you you kind of hit the nail on the head by saying you need to pick one that's going to turn up here. Um, and our Dylan looks like he's going to. He's got yeah, a jockey booking. Um, Came fourth in, in the last year. In Peter Cavanaugh. So actually, I did the maths on that. And he's actually running off one pound lower this year. Peter mm. Kavanaugh's taking off seven. Uh, he had a three pound claimer on last year. Yeah. So he's, he's running off one pound lower when he came fourth in this race last year. Now, Peter Kavanaugh is also quite interesting. So in the last 14 days, he's had two wins from 12 rides, which doesn't really say too much for him. But both what are you gonna say they've both say? been for fergal o'brien they've both been <laughs> yeah, o'brien. Yeah. did you see that as well yeah mate, i was met i was really close to tipping yeah, it. yeah. mate so fergal o'brien who as you mentioned has been in in really good form i think he's striking at like 22 percent or something like that. maybe a bit more i can't remember anyway he's he's doing really well yeah big winner art approval uh last weekend was a big winner for him but yeah so both of those wins yeah, with peter, peter yeah, yeah, yeah with, with peter coming on board oh, both of those wins i'm gonna be yeah he uses him to line up these horses yeah. and you know what he's doing it again this weekend is what i think this horse is this horse is 20 to 1 yeah he's gonna run you might be getting some 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 favorable place terms here if you get a little each way money on here at 20 to 1 even 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 a win bet i think it's win, a great win, bet. bet i think it's a great bet and i i wouldn't put anyone off it at all and also you know i i, I probably just would have picked him on the wrong day and you know, I think he lines up here, and he's got every chance. So yeah, our still in that is. I'm um, I'm happy that you put up a good word for him. Um, I thought I'd just play it safe with with the winner from two years ago, Stony Mountain. Um, but I reckon between us, we should at least get some place money there. You know, you're going to get about uh, first five, maybe even first six if they all line up. Uh, um, some, uh, yeah. So yeah, for, for for the each way bet. So so yeah, bet responsibly. Um, but do bet on our horses because you're gonna do well. Pizza's in the kitchen. Should we go for a break? Yeah. Okay. Our pizzas are on the way. We're gonna go for a little break. We'll see you in a minute. Welcome back. We have just had our supper. We have very nice pizzas from Pizza Express. Trish, what did you get? I had a Lachen. Romana nice. base, obviously. Yeah, of course. And, and sides. Uh, we had dough balls and a garlic bread with mozzarella, which was kind of weird. It was weird. Quite nice, though. I enjoyed that. Well. Yeah. So we've got a bit left. Uh, I had a margarita, which is quite boring, but I do like margaritas. They are good. <laughs> right. So anyway, yes. Yeah. Uh thought we'd shake it up a bit. I'm gonna do the run through of the runners and riders for the next race we're gonna cover, which is the two forty at Ascot. That's the coral hurdle, registered as the Ascot hurdle. It's a grade two over two miles, three and a half furlongs for uh four year olds and above. There are currently 10 runners going to good soft. And the market is headed by Buzz, trained by Nicky Henderson and winner, of course, of the Cesarevich uh, back in October. So Buzz is a 6-4 shot. In second, you've got uh, Goshen. Oh, God, not Goshen. Oh, God. 4-1. Uh, 
Then Stormy Island, six to one for Willie Mullins, bringing him over. Uh, Molly Ollie's Wishes, at seven to one. Uh, Song for Someone, same price. Ten to one, Guard Your Dreams. Uh, Twelve to one, If the Cat Fits and Takani. And then it's sixteen to one, Bar. Um, yeah, look, I think Buzz is the right favourite here. Uh, was very impressive in the Cesarevich, which was a bit of a gamble landed by the, the Thurlow Racing Syndicate. Um, so congrats to them for that. It was very clever from Jess Stafford. Um, yeah, that second behind Abracadabra at, uh, at Aintree in the grade one is, is clearly what puts him at the top of the market over hurdles here. Um, he hardly runs a bad race and has won at the track. So it's going to be really solid at the top of the market here. But, you know, what's he running against? Yeah, it's a lot of unknowns. Goshen, bit of a nut job. Um, the one that I fell on actually was was Stormy Island, who's back with Willie Mullins after a, a reasonably short spell with Paul Nichols. She looks really solid here, if she does line up. Um, she's entered in the Hatton's Grace, the grade one at Ferry House where Honeysuckle is is heading the market at the moment. I think if she lines up here under Danny Mullins, who gets on with her so well, uh, notably so um, when they got her back, Danny got the ride. Um, she cantered to victories in a grade two first and then in the Mayor's Champion Hurdle at the Punchestown Festival in which she beat Manella Melody and Conchatista, who was the favourite for the Mayor's Hurdle at Cheltenham. Good um, form, that. Beaten by Black Tears, pretty much on the line. That was gutting. She was meant to be a bank of the week. So, yeah, for me, it, it's got to be Stormy Island. Uh, if she travels all right, Willie's already won this race twice previously, and by all accounts, she is flying at home. So, against that 6-4 to favourite, Buzz, I'm going to be on her side here. Nice. Sounds like a pretty strong selection, so I'm just going to stick with you on that one because I didn't really want to go anywhere near this race. So yeah, Stor- Stormy Island gets the vote from me. Very well argued, Tress. Thank you. No worries. Cool. That's that uh, 240 Ascot covered. We're now going to move up the M6 to Liverpool. Liverpool. And Haydock Park, which is the host of the weekend's feature race, the three o'clock, the Betfair Chase, sponsored by Betfair. Just giving a quick run through in the market at the moment, Aplutard, the Cheltenham Gold Cup second, is at six to four. Bristol Demai, the three-time winner of this race, who's striving to reach the heights that only Corto Star has reached in winning the race four times is seven to two. Next destination is six to one, waiting patiently six to one. Imperial Aura eights alongside Royal Pagai, Native River 16s, Chatham Tree Lad 33s, alongside Clondor Castle for Tom George. You can go first here. Tell yeah, me what you think. Okay, sure. So it's not it's not very original. But I'm gonna tip Bristol Demai. Yeah. Look, fine. He he's he's a three time winner, as you said, of this race, and he's bidding to equal um Corto Star's record of four wins. I really think he can do it here. He he well look, he clearly loves Haydock. Um 
that's no surprise to us. What is perhaps like a slight surprise as I was looking through this. So he always seems to be a horse that's like ever so slightly underestimated. He and let, just let let me explain it. I've got I've got some facts to back up because okay, so he has raced six times at Haydock. He's won five of those six times, and the other time he was second. But he's only gone off outright favourite once of those six times, uh, and that was when he won this race in 2017 by 57 lengths. He absolutely trotted up, unbelievable. Yeah, that was big. Um, he is literally the definition of a course specialist. Absolutely loves it around here. This also proves that you know he's got some good early form and he is very easy according to his trainees very easy to get fit as well yeah i've seen that which is uh which is always a nice thing especially as a lot of these haven't had a run like very few of these yeah. especially at the top of the market haven't well that's really my run. thing against aplutar that i was you know i would say this one's always run below its best on reappearance so yeah. I, I think i think one other thing about aplutar is aplutar probably wants softer ground more than bristol de Mai wants softer ground if that makes sense yeah like bristol de Mai's bristol, br- second highest rpr came on good ground and that was back in 2018 in this exact race when he beat native river thistle crack clan and might bite all in that race hmm. um which is pretty pretty impre- impressive i feel like bristol de Mai can i can genuinely run on every gown everyone gets bogged down with the fact that he's a heavy ground yeah yeah no because he's he's won this race so impressively on heavy ground but he can do it look i think i think if you if you asked nigel twist and davis what ground does he want he's gonna say he wants it softer yeah but that's not to say that he cannot act on this ground because he clearly can and he can act better than some of the others in this race Mm. and that well for all those reasons is why i would be just simply siding with bristol demai simple as that yeah and actually for me like charlie in the last race i i'm not really going to have a bet in this one i literally just want to watch it and shout at the tv um cheering on bristol demai absolutely love the horse a beautiful gray for nigel twist and davies um and it would be amazing if they could get this one the fourth win in the race the one I found really interesting uh, was waiting patiently. Um, just on a side note, change of yards from Ruth uh, Jefferson to Christian Williams. The owner apparently said that the horse was getting old and they thought that if they could uh, change the trainer, it might bring out a sort of new lease of life in the horse. And by all accounts, Christian Williams has been saying that this one is absolutely flying at home and they've primed him for the race whether or not he's going to be ready to win this against bristol demai such a course specialist is a another matter but um clearly a number of interesting stories in this race none more so than bristol demai going for his fourth so yeah i'll follow you here charlie i know it's rather boring because we seem to be agreeing with each other on most of our selections dangerous but it's maybe not a bad thing until it all goes wrong on Monday morning and we have um, been burning... Tearing your hair out. Yeah. Um, Probably brings us quite nicely onto the last race there as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does. It, uh, yeah. Yes. Because? <laughs> yeah. Actually, poignantly, let's move on to that last race. The 3.15 at Ascot, the Gerard Bertrand Hurst Park Handicap Chase. Bit of a tongue twister, that one. 
Before Midnight heads the market at threes for Sam Thomas. Funambule Civola for Vinny. How would you say that? Uh, Funambule? Funam- well, I know it's a tightrope walker, but I don't know, like a Funambulist. Funambule. 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 Okay. Funambule Savola for Venetia Williams, 7 to 2. Sky Pirate, John Joe Neil, 5 to 1. Mostila Cock, 13 to 2. Amula Gold, 7. Sully Doc AA. That sounds like something that Elon Musk would get involved with. Um, 10 to 1. Diego de Charmille, 12s. Belaga, 16s, alongside Dolos and Arvicho Bleu, 20s. Um, we both agree on this one. Should we do three, two, one selection? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Three, two, one. Funambule Civola. <laughs> yes. Um, I'll go first. Let's keep it simple here. Agreed. There are lots of tying form lines with the likes of Monsieur Lecoq, Sky Pirate and Amula Gold. And it's quite easy to get bogged down with who's the best out of those three. But there's one in this race who's better than the lot. And that is Funambule Civola. This one won on reappearance last year, posting an RPR of 132, a racing post rating, which is basically a gauge of that individual performance. At that point, officially only rated 112. So clearly that performance was a lot above what was expected at that time. This shows that this horse has the ability to run well after a break. Now the horse is rated 156 officially. So if it runs above that rating, it's going to run pretty well and get pretty close. It's got course and distance form at Asuka and crucially on this ground. Most notably, however, was his run last season where he was three and a half lengths behind Shishkin coming second, who was rated officially 169 which is right at the top shishkin's one of the best horses in the uk and ireland at the moment one of the leading novices of last season not only was this in a race against one of the best horses they were also carrying the same amount of weight at aintree in this grade one the Doombar Magal novices chase this is an exciting horse, and I think that the bookies have got the prices completely wrong here at the start. So if you can snap up any 7-2, to two, I really recommend that you do. Charlie, anything I've missed there that you'd like to pick up on? There's Yeah, there's one thing I'd add really quickly, and that's that when I was looking through this race, uh, I really don't think there's any horse that would be likely to go forward. Um, and make the running apart from our selection Fernambul Savola. Uh so by that by that in that regard I think he could get a really easy lead and just dictate from the front keep it simple he's a very economical jumper and he travels like a dream so I just really don't see many negatives and I'm quite I'm quite keen on this horse I think I think he's a good thing um I guess only time will tell but Seven to two is a good price. Yeah, we could have egg on our faces if he doesn't get declared for this race, given that there are only two entered currently that don't have jockeys jocked up. But that is where our selection is right now. And we're prepared to take that egg to give you guys a tip at a juicy price. 
that wraps up the preview of our races. We're going to go for a little break. And after that, we're going to have an exclusive interview with cricket punter, venture capitalist, ex-professional cricketer, and general nice guy, Al Russell. We'll see you after the break. Okay, so we've got to the point in the episode where we can introduce our guest for episode five. Last week, we had a little break, which actually went quite well. We've already spoken about it. Charlie ended up tipping up three winners. I only tipped up one, which meant that I got dunked with a load of icy water, which hopefully all of you have seen on Instagram. So our guest this week, Essex cricket player he's basically a punter born and bred and it's al russell so welcome al to the podcast hi lads how are we doing lovely to be here thanks for joining us al hey, it's good to hear your voice on the end of the line um you are probably our most high profile guest this far <laughs> no, no, no. i think uh, that's Tom very kind of you. Have to say about that yeah, yeah, I think Tom what Curry a... might as well. But um, that's very generous of you, lads. But um, yeah, I'm not sure Tom Tom Curry would be too too happy with that. Well, I think Tom's just going to have to suck it up for today, really. How are you doing, mate? What have you been up to at the moment? Yeah, all good, mate. Um, just started started working for a venture capital firm uh, about eight weeks ago in London. So just been sort of cracking on with that. Um, just moved into a new flat with uh, with a few mates in Maida Vale, so just getting that all sorted out. Love it. Yeah, I know it's all. Don't tell us too exciting. much information, otherwise you'll have all of our listeners outside your door asking for cricket tips. <laughs> well, they're more than welcome to. Well, that's good. You're a generous man. Um, so moving on to bit more of the reason why we've got you on the podcast obviously we run a competition each week where each of our guests pick three selections for the coming weekend charlie is going to quickly run everyone through which way are you not okay i, I, I am charlie doesn't know which race is now <laughs> i've told al to look at the 205 at ascot the 240 at ascot and the big one of the weekend the betfair chase the three o'clock at haydock before Al gives us his selections. I'm just going to recap on the leaderboard at the moment. Tom Fanshaw currently leads on 20 points. And then Tom Curry on 15, which actually both are pretty low totals. Mm. Given that... Very beatable. Charlie, the point system works as follows. 20 for a win. 10 for second. No, 15 for second. 15 for second. <laughs> Uh, 10th third yes. yes exactly so effectively you only have to get a winner and a third place to take the lead as announced on our Instagram there's going to be a prize sent to the leader at Christmas it's only fitting yes right Al how did you get on with yeah. choosing your selections yeah I mean I'm confident here it was uh, it was a lunch break job at work, and I think I'm, I think I've found three winners. 
um so yeah no i'm very excited about letting your listeners know about these as well because wow. i'm hoping they can um they can follow me in and we can move a few prices let's move some prices exactly um okay hit me two 205 at Ascot. we've got the chanel farmer chase what's your pick in this one mate yeah, I, I couldn't i couldn't personally look past tiger roll double grand national winner always been a big big fan of this horse it's uh it's done the job for me in the past uh, it's landed a friend the, the famous uh tiger woods tiger roll double in was it in 2019 i believe yeah 2019 2019 so look i owe this horse nothing um but i think it's it's got it's still got more in the tank i think the horse um, owes you nothing so... <laughs> <laughs> rather than you owe it nothing no al owes the horse loads <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, no, Tiger Roll's my selection in this one. Um, and I hope we'll get a nice price about it as well. Yeah, mate, I think you will. I think you're quite likely to get, you know, it could even be the outsider of the whole field. I think, I think that's the um, Yeah. Which, is, which yeah. is good numbers, mate. I'm seeing 33 to 1. Exactly. Mate. Wow, 33 to 1. Bit of value there. Value, bit of value hunting for your listeners there. Wow. Well, I hope, they, uh, that's I hope they all follow me in. Yes. No. So and then... Just run us through your second selection then. We're 240 at Ascot, the Coral Se- Hurdle. Second selection, another another favourite of mine, um, which again brought a bit of heartbreak to us all in 2020. Um, and it's it's Goshan. Um Ooh. I think this thing's an abs- absolute, absolute machine. Maya fell at the uh fell at the last at Cheltenham back in 2020, which cost us all cost us all a few few bucks yeah um but it doesn't doesn't change anything this thing is it's it's pretty quick um so yeah no i i think goshan's gonna get the job done it's interesting you go for goshan actually because it's got to be one of my least favorite horses out there really you don't think it's well i think it's a good horse but it's an absolute nut job i mean if you watch that the one (laughs) when i was running in the uh the champion hurdle back in March, and it just starts going right on the back straight. But to be fair, Ascot is a right-handed track, so it might help that horse. There's potential there as well. I don't think it's fully fully tapped in to its potential. So if they can um, if they can get it right, then then I think I could see this one this one getting ahead. I like it, mate. I really like the um, the confidence behind your first two selections. And then yeah, mate. I'm moving on to the biggest race of the weekend, the Betfair chase at Haydock. Who did you go for on this one? So this one I've gone for uh, Next Destination. Uh, Paul Nichols Yard, I think, is in great form. Uh, and I think he'll have the horse ready to go and, and prime for this race. Um, so I'm confident that, uh, yeah, he's going to get the Next Destination, is going to get the, the job done. Hey, I love it. I love it. So just to recap your selections, you've gone for... Tiger Roll in the 205. Goshen in the 240. And next destination in the 3 o'clock, the big race of the weekend, the Betfair Chase. Exactly. I feel very excited, mate. I feel like that's quite a nice nice set of, of picks there, mate. So well done. The bar, as I've said, hasn't been set that high. So... You know, hopefully, come come Saturday afternoon, you'll be sitting on top of the leaderboard on a healthy score. That's the plan. I'd say that if you can get above thirty 
30 points, you're, you're going to be doing well at Christmas, I would have thought. Yeah. You know, it's a tough game, this. Which, I guess, yeah. leads us on to a few questions that we've got about your career in betting. As I said on the Instagram earlier today, Al has established himself as self-proclaimed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much UK's, self-proclaimed. UK's number two <laughs> cricket punter. One question I had that I think our listeners would find really interesting is, what would you say is the number one most important thing to keep in mind when you're trying to be profitable uh, when you're betting? So for, for me, this is one of the hardest things to explain to other people when, um, when it comes to gambling. But for me, it's all about value. So it's the idea that it's getting your head around the idea that you might really like something and you might think it's going to win. But if the value is not there, then, then you can't back it. So you're only backing something if, if there's value there. So it might be, it might be let's say, uh, England are playing New Zealand in the World Cup. And, and look, I, I think England are the best, the best side. I think they're going to win the game. But if the price isn't there, if it's too short, then you, you can't get greedy and back them. You've just got to leave it and, and, and sit on the sidelines and watch. I think that's one of the biggest, uh, biggest mistakes people make is they... Uh, they don't look for value, but they rather just back things they like or, um, or, or yeah, like, like the look of. Whereas actually they need to be patient. That is a great takeaway. Just remember, the horse doesn't have to win the whole time as long as you're getting value. Exactly. So the 12-fold Akers at some point <laughs> will just keep on losing. <laughs> um, what's been your favourite day at the races and why? Oh, that's a good question. Um, favorite day at the races would probably be. It was probably, probably uh, Cheltenham twenty eighteen, I believe, when we had when Mister Whitaker won for the Radford family, uh, and then we had another big winner that day. Um, but we Somerville were all boy. down there. Somerville yes, boy. That, Somerville boy, exactly. In Somerville boy, and our. our down there with us and it was his first day at the races um and ever since then he's been hooked and he's 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 been thinking it's the easiest game in the world um but he, he's learned the, he's learned the lot he's learned the hard way with his uh with his muggy ackers let's hope he's not listening this week i'm almost certain that he will be <laughs> um okay now a really crude question what's been your biggest winner Biggest winner. So that was that was a that was a cricket bet, and it was a it was a six fold on over sixes. It was in the T Twenty blast, um, and I had all these sides. It was, it was I remember it was about thirty degrees, and I thought it was going to be great conditions for a lot of runs. Um, and I had a six fold acker on it, and it returned about thirty k. Um, oh. But there, there, there was a couple of other other people in on it as well, so that wasn't all all to me. But it was still, nonetheless, a great winner and one that I I celebrated in style. Right. Sadly, you're now going to have to tell us if you don't mind. <laughs> what's been your biggest loser? Biggest loser. That was um, yeah. That, that that's that was a bleak day. That was actually I was on holiday with my family in Croatia. Uh, I love your honesty, though. Betting, betting in my hotel room on the on the Caribbean Premier League 
and I did it in about 10 grand in the day oh, on that one bet. Uh, so that was pretty bleak, especially considering that it was uh, where we were. Um, and it was, yeah, so they yeah. probably should have been taking the day, the day off on holiday anyway. <laughs> but I um, mean, so that, that was, that really does draw to, to light, you know, the highs and lows of this game and it's not all glory. And I know a lot of people will follow these tips on Instagram who are claiming that they're, you know, smashing winners every week, but actually, you know, even some of the more successful punters do have big losses and it, you, you've got to treat it as a long-term game. So I, I really, 100%. I appreciate your honesty in, um, in giving us those, uh, those answers. And 100%. Just to add to that point, um, I, it's those actually down periods which are the most dangerous and you've got to make sure that you have enough, enough of a bank behind you that when you go into those periods that you weather the storm because that's often when, when most amateur punters get quite chasey um, and end up doing in the law. Um, whereas actually they're the tough periods and you, you know that a good patch if you're sticking to your formula is never far around the corner um, so you just got to stick by your plan stick by your point system um, and you will come out the other the other end um, but yeah no it's, it's a good point there yeah no very very wise words those uh, and words to live by I think um, yeah I think a lot of us could um, could do with do with a point system or, or certainly a, a bank yeah um Let's let's talk a bit about barrister margins. So for our listeners, Al uh, owns a share or a number of shares in a horse that made its bumper debut the other day, came second behind the horse of Milton Harris, who has obviously had an amazing start to the season with all of his horses. So that is representing some reasonably strong form. It's coming into a race against um, a horse of John Joe O'Neill's. The name escapes me right now but that one costs £155,000 and is leading the market at the moment. How's the barest of margins doing? Are you guys confident for tomorrow? Or actually, it will be today when the podcast is um, is being published. So how are you guys feeling? Are you confident? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we're very confident. Um, the ground didn't really suit the barest of margins uh, last time at Newton Abbott. Um, so we think he's going to improve. Um, we've got a change of jockey. Sean, Sean Bowen's on um, as Johnny Burke is down at Wincanton. Um, we've given him enough of a rest, we believe, since the last run, um, and he's going. He's going really, really well at home. Um, we we know we are taking on a decent horse in um, Springwell Springwell Bay, trained by obviously trained by John Joe O'Neill. That's the one. Um, but 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 we're really excited by it because we know what um, we know where we're going to lie after this race. Um, Whereas last race, it's pretty difficult to know know how good we are, are yet. But but we're very confident that we we've got a Cheltenham horse um, in us here. Um, so yeah, tomorrow's going to be a real test, and we're going to be up against a proper horse uh, who, as he said, was um, was sold for one hundred and fifty five thousand. One hundred and fifty five thousand, which was the top lot at the uh, the the Goffs April Punchestown sale, I think. 325 at market raising tomorrow. Barrister margins. Strong each way bet from Al. Um, God, if that wins, it will be good. I think. Mate, I, very I, exciting. I think. I think Barrister margins has got a really good chance. You know that looked really like a like a good debut performance, and I'm very excited for it. So Al, while while we've still got you here, just before we wrap up, uh, it seems a bit inappropriate to let you go without giving us a tip 
within your expert field. So I think our listeners would all love a tip from the cricketing world, if possible. Yeah, mate. Um, well, it would be um, it would be inappropriate not to give a tip for the Big Bash, which is coming up and probably my favourite T T Twenty tournament around the world. Um, but I can't look past Perth Scorchers again this year. Um, they've got a good track record in the Big Bash. Um, they've got they're going to have Liam Livingston playing for them again, oh, who I think we all saw over the summer hit some hit some big old bombs. He hit bombs. Um, he hits mega bobs. And then uh, Jason Roy will be there as well. Um, so they, I, I think they're going to go They're going to go places this year. And uh, they got to the final last year, but I think they'll go one better. Um, so, so just to clarify for it, our listeners, that's that's the Perth Scorchers to win the Big Bash. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Big yeah. time. Let's load I up. love that. Load okay, up. everyone load your cannons. <laughs> Get on the Orange Army. Yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, so we've literally done everything that we set out to do, which is epic. We've got Al's three selections. We've we've racked his brain for all things betting. And crucially, we've got a big tip for the big bash. Al, it's been an absolute pleasure. Good luck to the barrister of margins tomorrow. Um, everyone cheer at home. It's 325 market raisin. It will be today when you guys are listening to the podcast because we're recording it the night before Al thank you so much mate that is absolutely epic cheers lads good speak so that wraps up another week of the Midas Touches what a great interview with Al on how to make your punting more profitable that's all we got time for today obviously a little extension on the uh, normal amount of time that we usually post we hope you guys have enjoyed it it's a massive goodbye and a see you next week from me Tris Tusa and it's also goodbye from me Charlie Bradnett goodbye <laughs>